is off, but I'm on. Uh, all righty. Uh, well, we weren't here uh, last week as we learned that we had a close contact with someone uh, who had the virus. And uh, per uh, the CDC guidelines, we were supposed to quarantine. Uh, that's what we did as uh, we aren't vaccinated. Uh, and it was a long week. Uh, on the bright side, though, and being home uh, all week, uh, I was able to start and finish a puzzle. Um, uh, I know I, I, I've got a bit of an old uh, soul there. I enjoy doing puzzles. It's been a long time since I've been able to do a puzzle. Uh, I think last time I worked on a puzzle was uh, last Christmas at my, at my family's house. Uh, but I like doing puzzles. Uh, people always tell me, Kyle, man, you're, you're a bit of an old school preacher. Got that going for me. And Many of the different words that we use, they can hold many different meanings. And basically, nearly every word that we use uh, has multiple uh, different meanings. I can say, you can do it. And at the same time, I can say, uh, I have a can of beans. That same word can means two completely different things. And, and we can list example after example after example. But I want to focus on, on the one word day and, and how day, that's not really a word we think of that could have multiple different meanings, uh, but it's true. Like, I wish I lived back in the day. And uh, in the day of uh, July, whatever it may be, day has multiple uh, different meanings. And similar to the English language, day having many different meanings, the, offer, the authors of the Bible, uh, both Greek and Hebrew, use the word day with multiple different meanings as well. Sometimes when uh, the authors of the Bible use the word day, sometimes they use that word to refer to daylight, you know, the hours between sunrise and sunset. Sometimes it referred to what we typically think of a day as a 24-hour time period. Sometimes it refers to uh, the Jewish day. It began at sunset and continued to the next day at sunset. Sometimes the word day is used in the Bible as a period of time, just like we do in the English language. We, we talk about the day of our youth, or I wish I lived back in the day, you know, when life was simple and we had little uh, to worry about. And so that one word day has many different meanings, and we need to be aware of this, as this morning we are talking about a, a particular phrase, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. If you've read through your Bible, that is a phrase that you would have read through um, a handful of times, uh, approximately 25 times, not approximately, exactly 25 times you would have read that. If you read from uh, the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, we see the particular phrase, the day of the Lord occur. And it's found in 13 different books, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
And uh, so the question then is, what exactly is the day of the Lord? We all probably have a vague idea or a general idea uh, of what the day of the Lord is. But what exactly is the day of the Lord? It's got to have a common theme. It's got to revolve around an exact idea as 13 different authors of the Bible, they use, or 13 different books of the Bible, they use the same exact phrase. They must have all been alluding to a particular day, whatever that day meant, the day of the Lord. And so that's going to be our whole focus this morning on answering that question, what is the day of the Lord? And of course, to help us answer that question, what is the day of the Lord, we're going to look at no other place other than the Bible, the scripture, God's word to us. And so this morning, the, the first scripture that we're going to read through, we're going to look at three different instances in which the day of the Lord occurs uh, throughout the scriptures. The first one that we're going to take a look at is found in the book of Isaiah. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah chapter 13. And this is actually the first instance uh, where the phrase day of the Lord is found in the scriptures. And here uh, in, in uh, this book of prophecy of Isaiah, the, the, these different book of prophets, uh, they focus on two things. They focus on judgment and they focused on hope. Those are really kind of the two main themes of all the different uh, books of prophecy found in the scripture. And here, Isaiah, uh, chapter 13, Isaiah is focusing on judgment. And specifically, he's focusing on judgment of the nation of Babylon. And so Isaiah, in, in this prophecy that, that God is revealing to Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 6, it reads, well, for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty it will come. So the first instance in which we see the day of the Lord occur in the scripture, we see that we are to wail. The nation of Babylon, you have got to wail. You have got to cry out. Why? Because the day of the Lord is near. And in this day of the Lord, destruction is coming. Watch out. Well, destruction is coming from none other than the Almighty. The Almighty there is God, Yahweh, the, the heavens and the earth, the creator of the heavens and the earth who has all power and all authority. And with all of that power and with all of that authority, he is bringing destruction. So watch out. Well, for the day of the Lord is near. And we continue in verse 7, and here it reads, Therefore all hands will be feeble, and every human heart will melt. They will be dismayed. Pangs and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look aghast at one another. Their faces will be aflame. Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel with wrath and fierce anger to make the land a desolation and to destroy its sinners from it. So watch out. The, 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 this day of the Lord is going, it's going to be a day of anguish, just like a woman 
in labor, who is in anguish. One of the curses of mankind when Adam and Eve sinned, one of the curses is that bearing forth a child was going to be a painful process. And just like that, this day of the Lord is going to bring pain. It's going to bring anguish. And in this day of the Lord as well, we're going to see people's faces be aflame. This is uh, uh, an intimidating, scary uh, day of the Lord uh, that we read. And we see that the land is going to be a desolation to destroy its sinners from it. And so in this day of the Lord, sinners are going to be destroyed with all of the power and authority that God has. If we continue in verse 10... It reads, for the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light. So here we see not, that not only the sinners are going to be destroyed, there's going to be pain and anguish. We're to wail for the day of the Lord is near. We also see in this day of the Lord that the sun is going to be darkened and the moon is going to be darkened. You know, two signs that we talked about a couple weeks ago, that, that we talked about uh, the return of Jesus, hint, hint. Um, uh, but in this day of the Lord, yes, the sun will be darkened and the moon uh, will be darkened. And in verse 11, it reads, I will punish God. God says, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pomp of the arrogant and lay low the pompous pride of the ruthless. I will make people more rare than fine gold and mankind than the gold of a fear. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. And so again, this is the first occurrence that the, that the phrase day of the Lord takes place in the scriptures. And, and in this occurrence, all we see is doom and destruction. It is going to be a scary day. Specifically, Isaiah is talking here uh, that this judgment is for the nation of Babylon. And so for this nation of Babylon, which fought against the people of God, this day of the Lord, man, it's going to be... An awful, awful day where destruction, their, their faces are going to be aflame. The, God's going to punish the world for its evil, and it, God is going to destroy its sinners. This is going to be the wrath, the anger of God. You know, we often uh, don't really like to think of the anger of God, and you know, that can make some people uneasy. That, 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 the, the anger of God is what causes some people to stay away from the Christian faith. They go, how, how could a loving God be angry? We think of the, the, this emotion, anger, as a negative emotion. But anger is not a, a negative emotion or a positive emotion. It's an emotion. And anger, here God has a righteous anger for his people have sinned and rebelled against him. And God has all the right in the world to be angry. And he's going to display that anger, that wrath in this day of the Lord. And so this is what Isaiah has to say, or, or God through Isaiah has to say about the day of the Lord. That's going to be, bring destruction. There's going to be uh, people's faces will be aflame. And God is going to punish the world for its evil. 
And now, unfortunately, we, we, we simply don't have enough time this morning uh, to read all the other instances in which uh, the day of the Lord is talked about in the Old uh, Testament. But this is the general theme of the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. If we were to go in-depth study, look at each uh, spot where this day of the Lord occurs, and I encourage you to do that, we'd see that there are some more wrinkles um, in uh, the study of the day of the Lord. But in general, not all of the, the occasions, but in general, most of the, the, the occasion in which the day of the Lord is talked about in the Old Testament is talked about with this theme of death and destruction and doom. And that's 16 times uh, more throughout the Old uh, Testament in both the major and minor prophets. But now it gets confusing because we read about the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. We see this death and doom and destruction. But it's confusing because when we transition into the New Testament, this day of the Lord is kind of talked about in a different light. We, we don't see as much the themes of death and doom and destruction. And if we see the, the first instance in which the day of the Lord is talked about in the New Testament, we can read from the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to be reading uh, verses 17 through 21. Uh, this is uh, the day of Pentecost. I feel like we've covered a lot of uh, the day of Pentecost in uh, my three years here. Uh, but here in this day of Pentecost, Peter, he is preaching uh, to the people. And Peter here, he quotes uh, the prophet Joel. So although this is the first instance in the New Testament, this is actually was originally written in the Old Testament. And so uh, Peter here, in the midst of his fiery sermon, he quotes the scripture, just like we do today. And, and when we're preaching, we, we quote the scripture. And Peter here, he's quoting the scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And he says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So here uh, in the start in verse 17, Peter says, or originally the prophet Joel says, in the last days it shall be. So this day of the Lord uh, occurs um, 25 times uh, throughout uh, the scriptures. But we see throughout the scriptures, these different authors will also write the last days, they'll write that day or the day. It's all referring to the day of the Lord. And so in these last days, in the day of the Lord, God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. If you continue in verse 18, uh, Peter quotes from the prophet Joel, even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. So there's going to be wonders in heaven in these last days in the day of the Lord and the signs on the earth below will be blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And in verse 20, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. So again, we see this idea of the sun and the moon uh, darken before the day of the Lord. And Peter, Peter says this day of the Lord is a great and magnificent day. 
Now, these two adjectives, great and magnificent, are not the two adjectives that I would pick to describe the day of the Lord found in uh, the book of Isaiah, the day of the Lord in which we see death and doom and destruction and pain and anguish. Those would not be my top two. Maybe great because there's going to be great pain and great destruction, but not magnificent uh, at all. I looked at synonyms uh, for magnificent, and some of these synonyms are wonderful, glorious, brilliant, and my favorite, splendid. Oh, this death and doom and destruction is going to be splendid, uh, according here uh, to Peter, and talking about uh, the day of the Lord. But if we continue in verse 21, Peter, Peter quoting from the prophet Joel, he says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so in this day of the Lord, the same day of the Lord where death and doom and destruction are coming, in this day of the Lord, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They're going to be saved from their iniquity. They're going to be saved from their sin, and they're going to have eternal life. That is great. That is magnificent. That is splendid, and more more than than splendid, I would uh, dare say. And so the, the, this idea, again, is echoed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 2. Paul writes, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So here Paul talking about the day of the Lord, and he continues and talking about how that day of the Lord is going to come like a thief at night. We have to be ready at all times. But in verse 9, if you jump down to verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And so here Paul echoes the sentiment of Peter in that in this day of the Lord, God is not destining us for wrath, but rather God has destined us for salvation. For God wants everyone to repent of their sins and come to the saving knowledge, the saving faith of Jesus Christ. That's what God has destined you for. And so therefore, we can encourage one another and we can build one another up in talking about this day of the Lord. And so in just in, in, in these three passages, again, I wish we had time uh, to study more passages that talk about the day of the Lord. But these three passages, they serve as a pretty good summary of the day of the Lord. Basically, in this day of the Lord, we're going to see death, we're going to see doom, we're going to de- see destruction. At the same time, in this day of the Lord, we are going to witness salvation. And so how do we reconcile these two contrasting ideas of death and destruction and salvation? What is this day of the Lord? What, what, what is going to occur in this day of the Lord? And so we have to take all of these different pieces of the puzzle and we have to put them together to make one uh, big picture that reconciles all of this information. Lucky for you guys, I'm fresh, man. I just finished a puzzle this past week. Uh, so I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Um, and, and so when we see uh, these two uh, contrasting themes and we put all the pieces together, I think we can interpret the day of the Lord as 
not just one single 24-hour time period like we typically think of a day, but rather this day of the Lord is an age. It's an age to come. It's an era, just like I wish I lived back in the day, in the 50s and 60s, whatever it may be. Not, not a 24-hour time period. And uh, how would I interpret the day of the Lord is that the day of the Lord kickstarts with the second coming of Jesus Christ. As we see, Jesus Christ, he, he uh, was crucified on the cross. He was in the grave for three days. He was resurrected. And then for 40 days on earth, he was preaching about the kingdom on earth. And at the end of those 40 days, he ascended to heaven. But one day, one day, according to the angels who were present when Jesus ascended to heaven, one day, Jesus is going to descend in the same fashion that he ascended. And so when Jesus descends from heaven to earth, in other words, the second coming of Jesus, we can see from the rest of scriptures that those who have a living and active faith, the children of God, are going to receive eternal salvation. We are going to be saved. We're going to be raised from perishable, broken bodies to a perfect, imperishable body. It's going to be, we're going to be partakers of the kingdom on earth. And it starts with the return of Jesus. But most, uh, most people, uh, my interpretation as well, uh, after uh, Jesus descends from heaven to earth, Jesus and the Christ followers are going to rule for a thousand years. There's going to be a millennial reign. You might uh, have heard that term before found in uh, the book of Revelation. There's, there's this millennial rule where we will rule with Jesus, will be kings and queens, princes and princesses with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for a thousand years. And then at the end of the thousand-year reign, there's going to be judgment. And this is, I think, what Isaiah is talking about and what these other authors of the Bible are talking about, the death and the doom and the destruction of the day of the Lord. For the whole world is going to be judged for its sin. If they don't have a living and active faith in Christ Jesus, then they have a scary, scary future ahead of them. They have got to wail for the day of the Lord is near. And so I would say this day of the Lord kickstarts with the return of Jesus to earth, and it culminates with the judgment of the world, and God is going to destroy once and for all evil. He's going to destroy pain. He's going to destroy sin. And most importantly, he's going to destroy death. Death, once and for all, is going to be destroyed. What a glorious, glorious day and age that will be the day of the Lord. But we have to realize, it's imperative for us this morning, that we realize that the day of the Lord is a two-sided coin. When we read about the day of the Lord in the scriptures, they either talk about it as it's going to be an awful, awful day, or they talk about it as being a glorious and magnificent day. And the truth of the matter is that for a lot of people, it's going to be an awful, awful day, but for some people, it's going to be a glorious and magnificent day. As we receive eternal salvation, we're going to be raised imperishable, just like our Lord and Savior 
Jesus Christ. And so we see today in the year 2021, we see that the unrepentant sinners should wail and be extremely frightened by the day of the Lord. Today, people, they can blaspheme the name of God. They can be an atheist. They can live an unrepentant life of sin. And seemingly, God does nothing about it today in the year 2021. But but I assure you, the scriptures assure you that God is going to judge the world. He's going to punish the wicked. And this day of the Lord for the wicked, it is going to be a great and scary, horrendous day. A day of death and doom and destruction. But again, the day of the Lord, it's two-sided coin. On the other side of that coin, it's going to be a glorious and magnificent day where those who have a living and active faith in Christ and, and his heavenly Father God they will receive eternal salvation. And so we all have a choice to make. And the choice is up to you and you alone. And this choice needs to be made aware to our loved ones, to our friends, to our coworkers, to anybody that we come into contact with. That there is a day coming. The day of the Lord is coming. It is near. And in this day of the Lord, you have two choices. That day of the Lord, it can be the best day of your life, or the day of the Lord can be the worst day of your life. And the choice is up to you. God gave you that choice. Do you want to make the day of the Lord the best day of your life, or do you want to make the day of the Lord the worst day of your life? I don't know about you, but I want to choose to make the day of the Lord the best day of my life where I receive eternal salvation. And all we have to do, the only thing we have to do to accept this choice is to put our faith, a living and active faith in God and his son, Jesus. So I urge you this morning, make the smart choice. The choice is up to you. And let your loved ones know that the choice is up to them as well. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you uh, for both the encouragement and the warnings that you provide us in your scriptures. Father, I pray that we can come away with uh, an honest interpretation of that day of the Lord, that day that brings death and destruction, and that same day that brings salvation. Father, I pray that when that day of the Lord appears, Father, I pray that each and every one of us are found righteous, that we are found to be your beloved children, and that you forgive us of our sins. And so, Father, I pray that we all make that choice today, that we make that choice tomorrow and the day after and the rest of the days of our lives, that we want your coming day to be the best day of our lives. Father, we long for that day. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray.